The Marching Roundtable is proud to be an official media partner of Drum Corps International. The Marching Roundtable presents three podcast conversations honoring Robert W. Smith, the renowned composer and educator. On this conversation, we hear from Howard Weinstein, John Campese, and John Fulton. When you think of all of us that stemmed from him, that are making a lot of things happen, both in band and drum corps and winter guard and indoor percussion and all these all these different things to this minute. That's that's the thing I told Susan, um, his wife uh, and his daughters uh, at the event the other day. Um, that's the cool part of Robert. He's never going to die. He's never going to pass away because there's so many people. And then we're teaching people that are from that legacy through you know, forget the fact, don't forget the fact, but the fact that his music will live on forever and his products will live on forever, but his legacy will truly live through all of us forever because it's, you know, it's, I hear it in how I teach now. He likes building things, you know, yes. from scratch, you know, yes. that's building things from scratch. If it's already done, you know, that's, that's not his thing. You know, he likes to like Populous at Troy. I mean, he built that from scratch, you know, Suncoast, yeah. he built it from scratch, Magic, he built it from scratch. I mean, if it's already done, I think it would probably bore him, you know? It would. It would. Yeah, yeah it would. That, that makes yeah, sense. No, no Robert was good at finding people that were not afraid to take a chance and move to the edge of the light, and he surrounded himself with people of a like mind. Not yes men, because there were some loud, intense conversations about what was and wasn't going to happen, but everybody had a voice, and, and he respected every everyone's voice in the room. We hope you'll look for part one, a conversation with Paris Foreman, Dr. Greg Basham, and Trey Harris, and part two, a conversation with Michael Rayford. Everybody, it's Tim, and we're here at the Marching Roundtable Podcast talking, of course, remembering the wonderful Robert W. Smith. We have three gentlemen on the line who are going to share memories and about their, their uh, encounters and relationship and experiences with Robert. So on the line, Howard Weinstein. How are you, Howard? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, so glad you're here. Everybody, he came off the field at Tarpon to to uh, to, to take a break from rehearsal. So, Howard, I really appreciate you doing that. That's so nice. John Fulton no, is here. It's fun. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Oh, very, very glad that you're here. And John Campese is here. John, how are you? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks. Absolutely. So let's go back around, and I'll just do it in the same order. Howard, just let's talk about when you first met Robert, when you first started working with him, whatever, however that relationship started. When was that? Uh, so that would have been 1982, a long time ago. I'm embarrassed to admit that long ago, but that long ago. Um, I went to high school at Lake Howe High School as a student over in Orlando, and uh, actually uh, John was one of my instructors there, John Campese. We got two Johns here, so we got to be clear about that. And uh, and I've known John ever since then as well. And um, so Robert, um, well, let me start by saying he's a he was a tremendous influence in my life. Like tremendous as an educator, as a human being, as a as as a mentor. As you know, I could talk about him all night long. And um, so I first met him because Greg Martin was our high school band director, and he would bring Robert in every so often. He did a little bit of arranging for our program. So I got to know him through that. Then eventually, um, my goal was to be in Sunco Sound, the drum corps, where he was um, brass caption head and arranger and just about every role you could think of. 
for that group. So um, my I wanted to be in that ensemble, and I was going to eventually be in that ensemble, and, although I ended up being sooner than later because uh, I was training to be a high school band director myself and um, uh, was actually John Campese's brother, Jeff, uh, was uh, teaching me brass because I was a woodwind musician, and I learned brass for the well to be a band director and because I wanted to be in that drum corps. Anyway, long story short, there ended up being a spot in the in the core in 1983. Um, even though I was going to wait till the next season to actually audition, and uh, so um, Jeff actually John's brother called me and said, "There's a spot in the Barrington section. You're coming now, packed." So I packed <laughs> and uh, I went to Pinellas Park. It was during spring training. And uh, went over there, and then that was my first encounter with Robert as an instructor, as a teacher, because he was running, running the organization. And um, uh, so I started as a student in the in the core, March in the core, to my HI year, which was 1985. Um, and then, uh, and then ever since then, he's just like I said, been a mentor and a and a, a, per, a confidant person I would go to. And um, one, I, I'm sure these guys would agree. Once Robert's in your life, he's in your life. Like there isn't an exit, so we were in different roles, and I was an educator and a and a and a, and a peer, um, and I say that loosely because to me Robert was still always a teacher to me, um, till the other day when he passed away, if I'm honest with you, and beyond and beyond that. Um, so anyway, that's how that's when I that's when he became a part of my world. That's fantastic. I love those drum corps stories where suddenly it's it's like. The woman in 42nd Street who's suddenly starring, like suddenly you're like, you're in. And learn the show. Let's go. I love those stories. So that's fantastic. That, that's, what it, that's what it was. And, and I'm so thankful because, um, you know, it was, as these guys will tell you as well, like the organization was incredibly uh, influential in our world and changed my life. And um, of course. Robert and the people that I became a part of in that drum corps at that point in time, um, I'm still I was just with them the other day. I mean, we're still very, 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 very close. That's great. Okay, John Fulton, set the stage for your relationship. Well, I was uh, I was a young, very young band director in 1983 at uh, Northeast High School, and I'd just taken over. Uh, and Northeast High School had had uh, had a, a few tough years, um, and uh, but you know had great you know great students, great support. Uh, they wanted to be successful. They were hardworking. And so we went to our first uh, marching band competition of the year, the uh, the Largo Golden Invitational. And uh, Robert was announcing, uh, he was not a band director at that point in time. Uh, it was like in between band directing careers, but he, uh, he was announcing and my band played and th the door of the press box exploded open. Robert bounded down the stairs, jumped over the railing. Robert was a weightlifter back in those days and was very buff and, and very fit. And, jumped over the railing, came over, uh, shook my hand, said, I have never seen a bigger difference in a band in one year. And, uh, and I, I was kind of blown away. And I, I didn't know who Robert was, honestly. And he said, I'm Robert W. Smith. And, and so we introduced our, each other to. And um, the next thing he said was, are you busy tomorrow? <laughs> and uh, I said, no, what's going on? And he said, well, we're doing auditions for uh, for Suncoast Sound Drum and Bugle Corps. And I'll be honest, I didn't I didn't know what that was at that point in time. And he said, and we would love for you to come help us do that. So I showed up. I met Frank T. Williams at the same time. Um, and, uh, and, and, and by the end of those auditions, I've been offered a position, uh, you know, as a low brass instructor, specifically contrabass. Um, 
and uh, you know, I did that for only three years, and then uh, you know, you know, moved on, uh, came back uh, and worked with Magic for one year, and I, I honestly can't even tell you what year it was, but um, worked with Magic for one year. So, uh, as far as the drum corps world, I wasn't in Robert's circle very, very long, but it, as far as his life and friendship and effect, I've been in his in his circle for forty years, and um, that's been huge. And one of the things. Uh, that that I think we all learned last year was uh, many of us thought we were Robert's best friend, and that that was true. <laughs> but he treated everyone as his best friend. Um, a couple of things I learned last week were that uh, whenever he would introduce someone, he would he would tell them three things he admired about you. He would share that. Okay, uh, and another really cool thing was. If you were in Robert's circle, you know, if you're in Robert's circle, you you never left, as Howard said, you know, you were always there. And he always looked for opportunities to connect you with success and to make you better. And that, you know, whether he was, whether you were in the drum corps, around the drum corps, you know, none of that mattered. What mattered was uh, he cared about you and, and helping you become more successful. Man, that's fantastic! I, what a great, what a great intro to your story. That I love that, and I have to tell you, John, that's not the first time that somebody has said to me, like, sort of told a story where Robert had this knack for knowing here's somebody that's really talented. I'm gonna have them. I'm bringing them in. You know what I mean? Like that's that's exactly what you just described. And you're not the first one to tell me that exact kind of story where he saw like something great and wanted it as part of what he was doing. That's a wonderful compliment and to both of you, really. Very cool. Okay, so John Campese, let's hear let's hear your first connections. Okay, mine go way, way back to the Stone Age. Um, <laughs> actually, the first time I met him was in 1979. I actually went to Troy State University. Um, now it's Troy University because it's all hoity-toity. Um, and Robert was uh, a couple years ahead of me, and he graduated when he was like twelve from university. And uh, <laughs> I don't think so, you're far. I don't think you're far off to be honest with you. For sure. Yeah. So he was, um, you know, he was already teaching a band at Pike. I think it was Pike Liberal Arts School or something, which was like down the street from the from the college. And um, so everybody knew who Robert was because he was like the the legend uh, of Troy then. And uh, so we would have band rehearsal uh, in the fall of 79. And then we get done with band rehearsal and we go over to Pike and like go heckle Robert, you know, cause he was teaching this high school band and the band was like, maybe had 25 kids in it or something, but they were amazing. And uh, so we go check out his high school band at that time, you know, and it was, uh, that's where I first met him. Um, I was marching in Florida Vanguard at the time, and that was a real drum corps, okay? Let's put that on paper, okay? Because Suncoast Sound in seven, uh, when did they come out? Did they come out in 79? 79 was the first right. year, 79, yeah. Okay, 79, I mean, to, to the drum corps people, Suncoast was sort of like a band still, you know? And uh, we would never go there, right? But <laughs> after 1980... We, Florida Vanguard got waxed by everybody. And, uh, 
So some of us in Florida Vanguard went to Suncoast because Suncoast was coming on and, uh, you know, we saw the writing on the wall and Robert was actually taking over like, uh, you know, writing the book and all that kind of stuff. And he was teaching there and Tony Pike was there as well, who was another Troy guy that um, I was going to school with at the time and he was teching there. So I got me and uh, Dave Anders, another friend of mine, we went to, uh, Suncoast, and we were like the, the drum corps guys, the real drum corps guys that went to Suncoast, right? Whatever. And uh, <laughs> that's the first time that we got into Suncoast in 81. Um, that was fun because we were almost peers at that point. It was sort of weird, you know, because I, I didn't have that awe of Robert then. You know, it was more peer-like. Um, but what an amazing team. I mean, he brought that drum corps from the depths of, I mean, they were like 30th place the year before. And in 81, we were 21st. Um, and then the very next year, uh, 13th. 13th, right? So that was the end of my performing career with Suncoast, actually. Um, then I got a job at Disney. I auditioned and got a job at Disney. The rest is history there. I worked at Disney for 20 years, right? Um, so 82, 83, 84, I mean, obviously my brother was in the drum corps, um, doing his thing there, always hung around, um, after 87, um, they changed over to staff, um, Robert called me in, I started, uh, I got the caption head job, I started writing with Robert, that was my first writing job with Robert. So I wrote A88, Suncoast, 88, 89 with Robert. 88, I was so excited. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to write some jazz with Robert. I'm going to write some sun jazz. And, you know, here we go. Right. And that was the symphonic dances for the contemporary child show. And I was so out of, out of my element. And, uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, I hold that show very dear to my heart because looking back on it now, it is so much, you know, it's, it's almost surreal that I was even involved in penning any note of that show at all. Um, Jack Starling was involved with that. Paul Gansamer, uh, Robert, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, Carl and Michael Rayford, you know, with their minds on that show. Uh, and that was my first ever you know being writing anything right for the drum corps field and i I mean i was just like my god you know Uh, i was very blessed to do that 89 we got to bring back florida suite um and that was a record teaching year um because we started off very rough and uh, i think the core went up 50 something points in one year so we taught like crazy that year howard you were there (laughs) <laughs> and uh that was a heck of an experience um magic uh obviously sun coast didn't come out in 1990 magic of orlando started um i was, had the opportunity to write with robert from 1990 through 1998 with the magic of orlando i mean i was his guy you know i mean it was yeah. I, I listened to him you know obviously he was a composer right 
And um, I was very much his, um, I didn't force anything, right? I listened to, to his compositions, you know. Um, I didn't get to uh, show off that much, you know, because I, I was very respectful of his compositions, to put it lightly, right? So um, the bond of friendship was very, very tight. And uh, I miss that guy a lot. You know, I'm a little melancholy right now talking about it because it was a lot, a lot of years uh, doing a lot of art with that guy, you know, and uh, it's touching to talk about and to reminisce, you know, but um, I was very blessed that uh, he let me, let me put notes on the bottom of his score for so long, you know. And well, I uh, think we're, all, we're probably all going through what you're going through right now from the standpoint of um, because, you know, he, Tim, as you know, he just passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, you know, we were all about John and John and myself, we were all there for his service and all that, that type of things, but you're still kind of in shock um, that it happened. And then you come back home and you're like, did that happen? Yeah. Because he's been so instrumental to all of us in our worlds. You know, like John said, we taught with him, designed with him, you know, led with him. Um, and the thing about him, too, is, is yes, he was a great teacher, great composer, great educator, great, you know, all those things without a doubt. But his, like, his touch as a human being, um, like, you know, I was involved with him a majority of the time as a performer and then a teacher at Suncoast, like John said, and uh, and then the very beginning of Magic. Um but he, his force in those organizations, um, and I don't think I would, you know, I know this is a podcast, I don't think I would insult anybody even listening to this. I don't think those organizations would have been what they were without him. Like, oh, him, absolutely. him, period. Absolutely. You know? And realize, like, when Suncoast was over, when it was done, when that project was over, he was 30. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know. Yeah, he's way beyond, way beyond his years. Like he's he's he is six years older than me. And when John Campes, when you used the word the awe of Robert, there was definitely an awe of Robert in me, and he was teaching me. But I would think I John Robert was an old soul always. I think. I mean, he was a high school band director. Um, you know, like John Campes said, he graduated not twelve, not quite twelve. But I think he graduated high school at 16, 17. I think he graduated as undergraduate for college. And again, I don't know these 100%. Like at 20, he was the band director of Pinellas Park High School by the time he was 21. I'm sitting at Kevin Ford's desk right now at Tarpon. He was Kevin's band director in high school at Pinellas Park, very young. And then, like you said, John, all the stuff he was doing with us at Suncoast, he was in his, he was in his young 20s. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's somebody somewhere, but there, I can't think of anybody that was young as him doing all those things at that age and being such a force in the pageant arts activity. And then obviously as a composer as well. I mean, well think about it. If you had a, a core, like a drum core right now and the whole staff at Suncoast at that point, John, even John Fulton, think about it. The whole staff was like in their mid twenties, like a staff coming out like in 1983, like busting into the top five, and it's a bunch of young kids and they're 24 years old, you know? You got all these guys that are like 24, you know, like being in the top five. 
and you and all these old guys would be looking at him like, who the heck are these guys? It would have been easy for Robert to, um, you know, just look around and do what everybody else was doing. And it would have been understandable that he would learn by uh, following and copying other, you know, and copying other arrangers and drum course, but Robert wanted to chart, wanted Suncoast to chart its own path. And, sure. um, you know, looking, looking backwards, that was a pivot point in, in drum corps. Uh, you know, first original music in drum corps. And then uh, that was in 84 and 85, the first completely mm-hmm. original. Uh, and uh, Robert was not content with doing this year's version of last year's show. <laughs> it had to be, it had to push and push forward. And I've always admired that about him. Well, um, and 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 also the thing is too, um, and I, I I don't know if John uh, Fulton or you or Frank mentioned it the other day at the memorial service, but the the '83 Suncoast horn line, right, our first year in finals, <clears throat> that is when I, I'll use the word loosely. He got discovered as a composer. That particular horn line, because mm-hmm. we were so proud that we were part of that and playing in that. I think when he started to write for, <clears throat> I think it was Warner Brothers, John, I think, or it, it, that publication services. Like, the, I remember him telling Col- us. Yeah, it was Columbia Pictures. It was his first. Yeah, Columbia, yeah. Columbia, yeah. Columbia, yeah. Miami. That's right. I remember him telling us, like, you all playing my music is how now I'm going to have the next opportunity in my in my life. And I think that was also a turning point for him. Not that that wouldn't have happened anyway. At some point, somewhere, somehow, it just happened to be with our Sunkos Hornline at that time, and people heard that music, which his music was the identity of his music is like both on the as a symphonic composer, like John Campese was saying, and as a um, as a pageantry arts designer. Like no one has that kind of sound to their writing. It's incredible. Well, and and um, as we also heard last week at, at, at the memorial service, uh, Robert was a product of John M. Long. And uh, you know his philosophy and the and the way he looked at life and Robert embraced that and put and put paid it forward. Uh, you know Claude T. Smith and other composers that were, uh, you know, had had predated Robert, sat him down and gave him wonderful, wonderful life experiences. And Robert pushed those forward to the young composers of today uh, mm-hmm. that are you know that he shared that with and sat them down and you know bought them a soda and said. Uh, you know, this will help you. But, um, um, you know, Robert is a great example of paying forward what was what was given to him, the talents and the experiences. I was just looking around at the memorial service and all the people that were there and all the people that came out of the programs and stuff. And, and, and these people are, you know, 50, 60 years old and, and all the success that came through the program and through the people that he touched, you know, well, and and it's it was, 50 or 60, but it's multiple generations. I mean, you had oh, his, yeah. his ensemble on the States, a populist group that they're, you know, they're 18, 19, 20 year old kids yes. all the way to us that are, <laughs> you know, old, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you had everything in between. There's so much success, you know, and I was looking around and I was like, you had, Roy Lance, who's at, you know, the Boston <laughs> Symphony principal duo player and all Kevin Ford. And, and I mean, just obviously, you know, those people that everybody would know, but I mean, just even the regular people that are so successful at what they're doing now in their lives. And it's like, 
the, that baseline touch that Robert had in their life, you know, that gave them that, you know, that launching point. Uh, it's just amazing. I, I was like telling Johnny Zolo, I was like, there's not a dud amongst, you know, <laughs> I feel so no, it's just there's not, there's not, I mean, that, I mean, when you look at, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Tim, a lot of people listening to this are more from the pageantry arts, just based on it being marching arts education. But when you think of all, you know, all of us that stemmed from him that are making a lot of things happen, both in band and drum corps and winter guard and indoor percussion and all these, all these different things to this minute. That's, that's the thing I told Susan, um, his wife, uh, and his daughters uh, at the event the other day. Um, that's the cool part of Robert. He's never going to die. He's never going to pass away because there's so many people. And then we're teaching people that are from that legacy through, you know, forget the fact, don't forget the fact, but the fact that his music will live on forever and his products will live on forever, but his legacy will truly live through all of us forever because it's, you know, it's, I hear it in how I teach now. I hear it with the kids that are out in the field, Tim, that are here at Tarpon Springs that we're, you know, working with Our, There's myself. Kevin, Bob Barfield came through this program teaching. Uh, Johnny Zolo's out there. Um, you know, there's there's people that were taught that were directly taught by him, and then people that we've taught through the years based on what he's taught taught us. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there, when you, when the word legacy to me is redefined with under, under Robert's Robert's world. Well, if you think of Robert as a foundation. You know, his teaching and, uh, you know, what, uh, just think of what is standing on top of that foundation now. Here, here we are 40, 40, 45 years later from him. And, and you're right, different layers, different layers and, and our, our teaching and moving forward. Um, he's, he's, he's left a wonderful legacy. You're right, Howard. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We had a whole lot of fun, too. I mean, the guy cooked some monster ribs. Uh, he had a, like a... a got a brander when, when he would cook stuff he would brand his meat with rws you know you know it was awesome um he, he could throw a party you know he loved having fun you know he was a jokester he loved perkins he loved big breakfasts you know? <laughs> he could stay out all night you know <laughs> the guy could fall asleep on a on a dime you know um well, yeah. I think he was also one of the one of the people um, that always stayed in contact with all the you know, like John Fulton said a few minutes ago. Everybody thought Robert was the <laughs> because you felt like that when you were in in his presence uh, and he spoke with you, and um, you know, all you know in the pageant charts. You know what I did with Boston Crusaders and Blue Stars and all the different organizations that I've been, you know, been a part of in my career, uh, con- very, very intentional and purposeful call. How's it going? Is there something I can do? Is there something I, and somebody I can connect you with? Is there something you need? There were many times in these organizations that I was involved with band and drum corps where it, it was really hard. You know, you're really putting something, you know, kind of like what John said, we did at Suncoast. You're, really establishing an organization. There are many times where I would call him and Frank Williams and people that were connected to him like that and say, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. What, what can we do to make this happen? What What is your feedback on this particular thing? I'm dealing with this particular struggle. Um, how would you handle it? Um, so 
very, very uh, accessible for us. Uh, li- like John Fulton said, once you're in his world, you're always in that, always in that world. You can always rely on him, call on him, talk to him. So um, when we got that call the other week that he had, he had passed, um, not only was it just heart wrenching, it's just uh, you. There's definitely going to be a void in our worlds when it comes to a um, uh, a presence of a of a strong human being that would always be there for you for any aspect of anything you need for him from him. And, and, and um, it's uh yeah, it's just it's very very unreal, surreal. John Kibbe's like you said that uh, that he's not there. But like I said, I it's still I'm still digesting that and understanding that it'll take me a long time. Can I, I can I tell you something that that just happened today? Um, okay, Robert was a, a major part of my son Matt's life and and you know guided him in a lot of different ways. Uh, Matt called us today and he passed the bar. He passed the bar exam, and uh, um, you know of course we're very proud of him. And his, Matt's next call would have been to Robert. And my right. next call would have been to Robert. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Robert uh, knew that Matt was going to be a lawyer, lawyer before Matt knew he was going to be a lawyer. But here we are, once again, 40, 45 years later, and he's still having a positive effect on the Fulton family. Uh, and yeah. that's who he was. He just wanted to help you make that next step. So He likes building things, you know, yes. from scratch. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm building things from scratch if it's already done you know that's that's not his thing you know he likes to like populace at troy i mean he built that from scratch you know suncoast yeah. he built it from scratch magic he built it from scratch i mean if it's already done i think it would probably bore him you know it would it would yeah, yeah it would that, that makes yeah, sense no, no, no. that's his that's that was his uh that was his forte as far as as a uh, educator and a and a person with infrastructure and um you know standards you know and and the other thing we were talking about too we were at the event the other day is uh as an educator like he could get the very best out of us as performers and he never raised his voice once never i spent multiple years with him as a performer and multiple years with him like john said as an educator i never heard the human being never heard the man ever raise his voice except for an excitement he'd be excited about things but discipline or anything, never, not once. That's just not how he how he taught. He inspired more than he taught, and so I think that that's why he was able to get so much of us out of us as uh, as performers and human beings. Well, er, er, early on, at, <laughs> well, early on at Suncoast, I was kind of a shrinking violet. I would stand in the back of the room. And if I heard something that, you know, I would walk up and whisper in Robert's ear or Frank's ear and, and, and Robert didn't yell at me, but at one point he got off the podium and said, you tell him. (laughs) And he helped me, uh, you know, get, uh, you know, get out of my own way and help me be able to, uh, uh, you know, to, to present myself better and believe in myself more uh, than I had before. And, um, um, he and he he continued to do that. Our entire relationship was all he was always challenging me with things and a- asking me to grow. Um, I I remember, yeah, he didn't he didn't yell, but he did m- motivate. Um, I remember one time there was something that uh, the Magic Contrabass line was playing and they weren't playing it well. And Robert, you know, Robert, he, he looked at me and said, well, "I'm just going to have to cut it." 
Well, then that that was not that was not going to happen. Those contrabasses were going to play that line, and we just made sure. And so he knew he knew that that was the way to get me uh, to get me motivated and motivate those players. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the kind of a teacher he was, and he made not only everybody the best that they could be. Same like mm -hmm. you said, John Cole, like he made his teachers around the best that they could be, and that you know, administrating people and the facilitators and, and everything like that. You definitely never wanted to let them down. Never. Exactly. It just wasn't, yeah. it wasn't an option. Um, but I think it's because he loved us too. That's, that's what made him who he was. That's, you know, he made, made us stronger because he cared about us as human beings. And therefore you wanted to be the best that you could as, as a person and a performer. Howard, a minute ago, just in passing, you just, without even thinking about it, you said that he was, starting to make his mark as a composer and opportunities opened up to him as a composer after like 83 Suncoast. And, and you sort of said that he said to you guys, you guys are making this possible. Like that, that, that seemed to encapsulate what everybody's saying about him. Like it wasn't, mm -hmm. he knew that it wasn't just him. Like he shared everything with everybody. And like, that's the most generous thing to say, you know, like, what you yeah. guys are doing playing my music is making this possible for me as opposed to my genius at writing this music. And like, like, you know, like that to me, that sort of encapsulates the way everybody's describing how he was. I just loved that you sort yeah. of said that in passing. Well, it, it, it's absolutely 100% true. And it's, you know, we're talking whatever, like John just said, 40 years, however many years ago, it's disgusting. The 50 years, but it's so really true. <laughs> okay. Um, we were all we there. We practiced it. <laughs> yeah, we practiced at uh, Fort Lauderdale High School for finals that year because um, it was in Miami. Oh, so hot. And uh, I absolutely remember him talking to us about, you know, we had, you know, and John Fulham can attest to this. I mean, we had Robert, we had Russell Stanton, you know, we had Al Murray, we had Michael Rayford. I mean, we had, like, you know, such incredible teachers and motivators and inspirers leading the, that organization. And, um, um, you know, and anyway, my point is, is, yeah, I remember him. Absolutely. I can remember the space where we were and everything where he took this aside and was like thanking us for that opportunity for him. Um, selfless, unbelievably selfless human being. And that's why I think he took that approach with us. And I think that's why he got so much out of so many people and why it's so heartbreaking that he's not here because he was so young and still had so much more to give this activity in this world. I mean, that's just, you know, it's just heartbreaking from that standpoint, but yeah, that's, that's who he was for sure. You know, John Campis, I want to say one other thing to you is I have to tell you, like, I know how, like, incredibly talented you are, and I've seen all the things you've done, but, like, now that I know that your first, <laughs> your first drum corps show was that wildly innovative and controversial symphonic child, you know, whatever, what, like, that's incredible to me that you started there. Uh, that yeah. had to be, I don't want to get too far, far into it, but you know what I mean? Like, that show had everybody on their ear and we all look back on it now sort of like how amazing it was but i just can't believe that's where you started yeah I, we i knew exactly what was going on and uh i had a game plan and no, I, I had no idea 
funny story on that, and this has nothing to do with Robert, but I'd be in percussion critiques with like, you know, Teddy Nicolaris and back in the day, and they'd be like asking me questions, and I'd be like screaming for Carl Lowe to come in to critique with me because I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I didn't have the answer, you know. It, it was so funny back then. But yeah, it was uh definitely a baptism by fire that that season. And to the funny thing is, is that that year like shaped me because like every show I watch now, you can tell, I don't even have to tell you the shows that I like, right. You know, I, you can tell from that year what shows I like now, you know, I don't even have to tell you. Right. So anyway, yeah, that was an awesome. Well, wait, but because of the innovation, because of the way it was constructed, because of yeah. the minds, well, tell me, tell me more. Just the organic you know, process yeah. of that season. I mean, and it was just like taking a left when everybody was going right, you know? So I'm looking for that every single season on everybody, you know, when people are just taking a chance and trying something new and, you know, these guys, you know, so did so that. Even at Magic, we did that at Magic too. It was just like, is everybody going that way? Okay, we're going this way. You know, we're, we're not going to do it like everybody else, you know? Like, so, how is it that he was so remarkably bold at so young an age for such a long time. You know what I mean? Like he's just breaking ground and inspiring everybody and let's go do this. Like that's incredible to me. Well, it's just play good music. But other than that, what do you have to lose? You know, if there's a, you know, if you're just walking on a path that everybody's on, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to be behind a bunch of people, right? If you're walking on the same path that everybody's on, you're you're well, you're behind them. John, you and I understand well, that, but that is not what most people are capable of. Yeah, but, but the thing with Robert, though, which after, which you, Robert was massively, massively talented. He had perfect pitch. He, I mean, he could make an ensemble like John said a million times stronger by standing in front of it and starting to work with it and shaping and mold it. Um, you know, he, you know, Pinellas Park Band. The Clearwater Band, John Fulton, you remember that, what he did with the Clearwater Band. I mean, uh, no offense to whoever was there to perform, but my God, after he got there, like, you know, mm -hmm. he was massively, ma like, uh, just extremely beyond words talented. And I think when you have that kind of talent and you combine it with his innovative um, brass ranging, and like John Camp, he said, you got Carl and Mike, uh, Carl Lowe and Michael Rainford, like with those innovative minds. And um, and pushing the activity, not just us, but the activity. And then John can't like John can't. He said, "You didn't have a choice. You had to move forward with them." Um, it, it was yes, a show like that one that was 1988 was well beyond its time in the activity. I still think, in some ways, it might be beyond its time in the activity. <laughs> That's fine. in true. some ways. It's funny. I look at the here. To be very honest with you, I look at the blue coats now, where where Michael Rayford is now, and it reminds me, you know, I'm a Boston Crusader guy. That's how I'm on the staff there. I, I'm oh, proud man. of the staff there. Um, however, the uh, yeah, so the Giants are all there too. But um, but the blue coats tug at my heart because it reminds me of what our Suncoast sound like would have been, I think, had it still existed now. If that makes any kind of sense, based on the way it innovates and how they function, kind of their their take on the activity, if that makes sense. Well, Robert, Robert was good at finding people that were not afraid to take a chance and move to the edge of the light. And he surrounded himself with people of a like mind, not, not, uh, not yes, men, because there, there were, there were some loud, 
uh, intense conversations about what what was and wasn't going to happen. But he he everybody had a voice and and he respected every everyone's voice in the room. Uh, and and I and I think that's all too rare these days, to be honest with you. In the world, uh, you know, people having a, a, a disagreement or a discussion that ends friendships these days. Back then, it was let's get better, let's do something, you know, let's work something uh, out, and, and and take the next step. Yeah, I, it was fun. I tell you, even you know, it was exciting. I mean, especially after 88, you know, 89, and then even the magic project, I mean, there was nothing to lose there, you know, so it was fun every season. It was like, what are we going to throw up against? You know, so we knew every year it was just going to be that. So it was a lot of fun, you know, it was a ton of fun. So I miss it. Well, I find it very I, inspiring I, and I, I'm, I'm hoping everybody else is inspired to go out and do that too. John, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, I miss it too. I'm at that point in my life where I look backwards and I, I, I got out of music education um, to sell chocolate bars and uh, uh, it's been good to me, but I miss, I so miss uh, those days to the point where I'm, I'm actually teaching again, just two or three hours a week at a local um, magnificent uh, band program here in, in, in Jackson, Missouri. And I, and it's just, it's, um, you know, I feel more youthful, more energetic. I'm just, I'm just way more excited. Not that I don't love selling chocolate, but I, you know, I love seeing the progress and hearing. And, and, and as a matter, and this you're probably going to want to excise out, but um, Robert was supposed to come do a a, a dist, an all district band here in Missouri, and everybody was so excited that Robert was coming, and uh, uh, I had to call the district. Um, um, person you know the day after i found out and uh um i i resisted this at first but i, I but i'm going to be the clinician you know standing in robert's uh, on the podium robert should be at and conducting his music but in typical robert fashion uh part of his program that he had chosen is one of my pieces because he, he was doing it for a friend he was doing it for our friendship and i and i appreciate that but um, I'm, I'm scared to death, but I, you know, <laughs> that's why I said yes, was because, you know, my first inclination is I can't do this. I'm not Robert. Uh, but then, you know, what would, what would Robert want me to do? Okay. All right. <laughs> of course he wants so, you to go like, do it. Like, yeah. see, that's what's yeah, so inspiring yeah. about all these stories. This is the third conversation yeah. I've had with people now talking about how amazing he was to everybody in their life. And like, this is, this is the thing. It's like, he mm -hmm. somehow saw what they could be, inspired them to go do it, help them every way, every bit of the way, and wouldn't and they wouldn't dare let him down. Like everybody has told that same story. And that's just the most astounding superpower that everybody keeps yeah. describing. Agreed. Here's a side story. I mean, I've been so proud, you know, I've been running the Infinity organization for 19 years and he's been so excited. <laughs> You know, he always comes down and checks it out. And he, he loves it, you know, and he always comes down to see it, you know. And I put him right next to me, and I'm so proud of it. You know, it's like, you know, check it out, brother. You know, I'm still doing it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he had uh, – we just started a project um, this past year with uh, the writers at Infinity are writing uh, concert percussion pieces for RWS Music. Right. And this is totally not indoor percussion or anything like that. It's all 
concert percussion. And the thing that stinks, I still have it on my phone. And I mean, this was the week before his um, operation. And uh, they just published the first three pieces of their concert percussion stuff. And he said, hey, I need to get the shipping address for the three pieces. I want to get it out to you. You know, and I was just like, dang it. So I just received the public, the first three pieces. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll continue that project. So, um, yeah, I was really proud of that. The guys are so ecstatic, you know, because it's like RWS, Infinity logo on yeah, it and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was just so cool, well, you know. But to Howard's point, boss, you know, and everything. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, but to Howard's point, that proved, like, this is why it's not going to stop. Yeah, it's still yeah. pushing it forward, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, all of this stuff is in motion. It's not, it, it, it's going to just keep going. That's what's exciting about yeah. this. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And John, I had several conversations with with Robert about that, and he was so proud and excited about that project. And uh, you know, he of course he's going to communicate that to you, but he was he was so he was so excited about that. Yeah. We were too. We are too. We're still going to do it. We're yeah, do it. it's going to keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so strong in our world, like John Campies was just saying with what the project they were talking about. It's just, it's still really hard to talk about him in the past tense. Of course. Like, yeah, of I, course. I don't, I don't like it at all. No, so of that's, course. That's the thing that's hard. And, I, and like I said, there's so many elements, like you just said, Tim, that we have going, that will continue to go, that will continue to move forward. Uh, you know, our all-county all group uh, that we have in our county here in Pinellas County, the conductor for that for this year, um, you know, she called and she's like, I want to, I definitely want to program one of his pieces. Let's talk. What, what, what do you think? Like, there's just, you know, it's, I, I just think there's going to, you know, I, like I said earlier tonight, I, I don't ever, I don't think he's going to die in our hearts ever. Yeah. Well, Howard, all the band programs that are going to be changing their, you know, yeah. their As they I hope they As do. They yeah. I hope they do. Well, Howard and John and John, what a great conversation. Um, I can't thank you enough for, sharing these personal stories and, and reminding everybody, of course, what we already know, what a wonderful, wonderful, talented um, man Robert was. So thank you for having this conversation with me. I really, really enjoyed it. We loved it. Thank you for having us. We're honored.